wants to know what goes wrong. Listen, when you're talking about what goes right, people have some challenges with that, right? Because they're like, everything doesn't go right all the time. Yeah, that's, that's true. And there are challenges and things do go wrong. But equally, you know, we're going to talk about how we deal with that um, and how we move forward and still grow in such a, like a big rate and such an um, aggressive growth. But equally, we want to make sure that... Um, you know, we're dealing with challenges when they come up as well, because they're only challenges, not really what goes wrong, is it? It's a challenge. It's just well, a challenge. first of all, Joanne, you're doing an awesome job. Let's see if you can tag the most people. It's important that you at least give people the opportunity to see this, see that you've tagged them, see that you've thought of them, and even considered wanting to put them in the light where they can say, hey, do I want to know about risk management? Because look, this is actually going to be about risk management because it's the fine line between risk management, doing your due diligence and focusing on what goes wrong. We're going to go through the pros and cons for both, pros and cons for many, and actually real life situations, results that have happened because of this fine line of what we think is risk management, which turns out being that we are just focusing on what actually goes wrong or that's gonna go wrong. What do you think, Trisha? Yeah, because the thing is, like you just, it's more about being aware of it. So you just wanna make sure that you're aware of what can happen, like what challenges might come up, because then you're prepared so you're not like, oh my God, what do I do now? Which, yeah, things can come up that you didn't necessarily plan for um, all the time. And in fact, in property, that happens most of the time, to be quite honest. But the difference is in how we react to it. Because it's about... Or respond. Or respond, yeah. Because if you respond going, oh my God, what do I do now? I've lost money. Oh then of course you're not attracting positive outcomes into your life. Like for example, I shared a video today um, and basically was a deal that we were purchasing, really, really good deal in an area that is for great for flipping. And this is an area that is literally so um, difficult to get a property and most of it is deceased estates when you're purchasing it and that's, that's how difficult it comes. So our plan with this was like, right, okay, we buy this horrible house, we turn it into a beautiful refurbished property and then it um, would be sold back on for a really nice uplift. So that was how we planned to do it on this one. Now, because in the buy position that we were in we were having a lot of challenges because of power of attorney from the person that was selling it right so basically the owner of the property had had an accident unfortunately and it made him um, mentally incapacitated meaning that he was no longer able to sustain living by himself and all of that kind of thing so therefore his children um, took it upon themselves to organize the sale of the property through an auction to do it quickly because they needed to put him in a care home and to be able to pay the bills for the care home and etc to take care of him they needed to sell the property which listen it's quite sad isn't it but that happens a lot now because of the kind of fees that they face now due to that sorry but i'm just sharing the story because i think it's really relevant for the you know things can go wrong um now due to this situation what had happened they then um didn't have the thing called power of attorney in place now what that meant was instead of exchanging completing within 28 days we had a four month delay in that we had a four month gap 
So therefore, we drew down the investor's money at the very beginning because obviously it was only going to be 28 days for completion and then we were going to crack on with all the build works and get it all started. Then what happened then was the fact that we had... Um, we had to deal with this power of attorney thing, so massive delays. So therefore, we only had the money from the investor for 12 months maximum. So it was up to 12 months that we had these funds for, for a fixed percentage. So at the end, he would get all his money back, plus the interest on top that we agreed to pay him. Now, because we were already four and a half months in at this stage when we finally completed the purchase, we had contingencies because as we train, we always have three exits on any purchase that we, put, that we buy. Now, on this particular one, the market had moved a bit and I'd been observing things and doing a lot of um, test ads for this area and found that actually the demand for a house in multiple occupation was really, really high because there is no other affordable living in this area, which is a very high priced area to live other than a horrible B&B that I'm trying to buy at the moment. Sorry, I'm choosing to buy at the moment, so I will find or create a way. Now, on that, we then decided, okay, do you know what? If we carry on with the flip option and do the renovation, etc., and then come to the point of sale, it may go over the 12 month mark for the investor, which means we have to pay more interest and obviously, you know, delays can happen. So we decided to switch it to a HMO strategy, which it was a slightly longer renovation because it was going from a three bed house renovation with extension to five bedroom, four bathroom HMO. But it was by the time we finished the renovation of the HMO, it, we were by um, eight and a half months into the project from, from the moment we started with his money. And then we did our refinance. So we switched it to a refinance then, which was obviously a lot quicker. We had the value around last week. It's now valued 60,000 above what we were actually going to sell it for, which is amazing because obviously we've added significant value extra because it's a HMO. And the investor is going to get his money back. We're going to get some extra. He's going to get his percentage. He's really happy and wants to invest again. But the moral of the story is, loads went wrong loads went wrong with that deal the auction didn't go to plan i didn't even know that could happen with auctions that once they're in for 28 days you have to do it whether you want to or not that's the kind of situation right the hammer goes down the exchange has happened 28 days for completion but no 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 four months went by so that was initial challenge we then had an investor with his money burning a hole in the bank account like oh my god we're paying month by month on this and we're not doing anything with the deal it's crazy the strategy that we were going to do with it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to work now. So then we switched to a different strategy. You know, all of our due diligence said it would work. But again, it meant because we spent more money, we then had to find more money. Because the investor initially gave us enough for a flip. It was almost 30000 more that we needed to be able to do the HMO option. So we had to raise more money for this deal, which meant the valuation had to go up so we could pull all our money back out at refinance. And then again, you know, um, create a going concern. So, let, so, let, so let's on. concentrate on what the title of this is, which is the confusion between the risk management and focusing on what actually is going to go wrong. Because isn't it true that you have to have risk management? You have to understand the risks. Yeah. And you have to do your due diligence. That's obvious. Like Trisha was saying, doing our due diligence, working on the demand, three different exits for one particular deal. Now that's good, but what I see time and time again, and what we have done with many people who have joined our tribe is shift this thinking from 
you, the illusion that you're, you're doing risk management and the illusion that you are doing all your due diligence to actually really all you're doing is focusing on every possible thing that could go wrong in that particular situation. And in most cases, you're worried about what could go wrong in 20 other different situations that are not even anything to do with your situation. So what then happens because of the law, that's right, the law of what you focus on expands. Then if you are focusing on what goes wrong or what's gonna go wrong or what could go wrong, guess what you get more of in your life? Have a guess. Exactly, exactly. That I couldn't agree more with the fact that what you focus on, just think of a time in your life. In fact, wherever you're watching this right now, just comment, has there been a time in your life where you focus on it? Because I'm gonna share something, right? So we've expanded very quickly across multiple different businesses and it goes against what a lot of people say in business, like focus on one thing until successful, they also say, don't grow too quickly, wherever that came from, I don't know. Uh, what else do they say? What else do they say? Uh, don't over leverage. Don't take too many projects on in one go. Oh, if you take too many projects, all it takes is for a couple of them to go south. Again, risk, the confusion between risk management and focus on what, everything that can go wrong. Because what actually happened is we're focusing on you know, doing more events. We want to... We want to share everything that we've done. We want to share the, the growth of the tribe because, I mean, there's many people within the Real Life Tribe, they get amazing success. They've got a new perspective on life because they see the future of building wealth. They see the immediate cash they can make now. They can see the fact that they don't have to answer to a boss and they don't have to answer to other people to go on a holiday or spend time with their children, especially with the summer holidays coming up, very important. So uh, we've, we've done that. So we aggressively want to share this with as many people as possible with, alongside running how many live projects now 12. 12 live projects in our own property businesses so across different six different areas managing all the different di strategies different strategies different, different companies teams. yeah different build teams but also different companies doing different things as yeah. well so yeah. like the management of those keeping on top of the balance sheet, the profit and loss. The existing properties, the existing units, making yeah, sure that yeah. they're fully let. The recruitment of staff, growing the team, training, meetings, development, all of this Delivering stuff. training, coaching. Yeah, still coaching, dealing with our, our clients as well. So, so with all of that, me personally, I can only speak for myself, I started to focus thinking I was doing risk management, I started to focus on all the things like, oh my God, what, you know, like this project is gonna to have to borrow money to this project and now this is leveraged over to that. What about the profit and loss? And oh, now we lost track of th those numbers in that company. Uh, now, now we don't know the occupancy rate in this particular company. Now we don't know the timelines on this project over here. And I was focusing on all of those things, which let's face it, there are things we have to deal with and it is risk we have to manage. But what this uh, training and this session is all about is you've got to understand or get as close to at least understanding the difference between having, having it as risk management. So you're managing your risk 
versus you're just focused on everything that can go wrong. Investor pulling out, not getting the money in time, the refinance is not as high as it's possible. You know, you think that that is you playing safe, right? You won't get planning permission. Not gonna get planning permission. Nobody else has done this before. You know, so how, how can that work for me? And then you focus on like, and here's the funny thing, right? You attract it into your life, yeah. not necessarily in the way that you first thought. So you keep focusing on, <laughs> oh, when I lose money, bless you. Wow. When I lose money on this deal, oh, you know, oh, if I don't get planning permission now, or if this person pulls out, I'm gonna lose this many thousand, I'm gonna lose this, lose, 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 lose. What is it you're focusing on? Is that risk management? Or is that, or is that you're almost like, you want to prepare yourself for the worst so you don't feel upset about it if it happens. Do you know, do you know what was really interesting? Is, is that, got, is that a first yeah, thing? Because, because we had this other investor on another deal. Now, listen, this was an interesting one because how we met this guy was that we put a post online and he messaged me because he, he liked us and he wanted to give us some advice and he's an analytical strategist, should have known. And he said, I just want to help you guys and you can't really post that out there unless you're FCA regulated, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, hey, man, you know, obviously we say we're not FCA regulated. Everyone should do their own due diligence, blah, blah, blah. So we were talking for an hour. Now, I was raising money at the time for a deal that I had, like a big one. And um, anyway, he was, he was messaging me, messaging me for an hour, really stuck on this point, what he wanted to make. And I said, look, are you interested in the deal? And he said, well, what is it? And I said, look, I've been talking to you for the past hour instead of, instead of answering all the inquiries that I've made everyone else. So therefore, you must have this deal now. And he was like, well, what's the numbers? So I gave him the numbers. Anyway, lo and behold, he became our investor. And he's actually a great guy. But yeah, he's an analytical strategist. So his way of doing this and what Mark was talking about, he always focuses on the risk and the goes wrong. So we had this deal. And um, I've, I've done a lot of purchases, obviously, on property now. And we've done a lot where there have been existing tenants in situ. So we are obviously purchasing it vacant possession, which means we want to purchase the property and there'll be nobody in it when we collect the keys. So as soon as we get the completion, it's got to be empty because we're going to go straight in and start work. Nobody could be able to live there when we're doing our works. So obviously, it's a building site. So I said, obviously, this was the situation, you know, he's loaning us money just as an angel investor, just money in for a percentage back. It's not really interested in any more having to do his total armchair investment. So then he said, oh, yeah, but I've had this um, problem with a, with a tenant on a recent deal and it's caused me a six month delay. The tenant will move out. They were in breach of completion, blah, blah, blah. He was really stressed out, really focusing on the point. And I was like, hey, whoa, whoa man. And then he started attracting loads of stuff with the solicitors and there was lots of exchange going on. And anyway, it, the tenant, I, I had met several times and was absolutely relaxed and fine and happy to move out. She was buying a house and everything was going fine. But the moment he started panicking and creating all of this negativity around the subject, she then was like, oh, well, I've just been told that I've got eight weeks notice that you have to give me. So we lost a month in getting her to vacate for us to complete, so we had to delay the completion. Now, I'm not saying that she wouldn't have vacated on time, but what I am, because she might have done this before, but what I am saying is that she was perfectly happy to leave early, but as soon as this kind of, it wasn't even me focusing on it, but he was he was making me focus on it because it was, he was finding a problem. And it was like, it hey, was this coming up in conversation and, and it became time. a focus. Yeah. It became a focus because language is one of the things that shifts your focus. 
So if you start talking and saying certain things, then you start focusing on it. And, and then it becomes a result. Yeah. Like, that's what happens. And it does. And it's not always in the form or the shape that you first thought it was going to be. This is why it can be uh, confusing. And that's why the whole thing around confusion is because you confuse doing risk management versus actually just focusing on what's going to go wrong. So you're going to get more of what goes wrong in your life. Because I was focusing on, oh, I'm going to lose money on this. I'm going to lose money on that. So I was focusing on losing money. That's what I was focusing on. I'm just being totally honest with you. I started to focus on losing money. Now, look, the universe doesn't understand that I'm saying, oh, is this going to work out or not? Or is there going to, you know, I want the P&L on this. I need to have more detail of the profit and loss on this. I need to know if we're making money or not. It doesn't understand that I'm asking the question. All it realizes is I'm focusing on not making money. So what actually happens is I'm focused on losing money. So then I attracted into my, and some of you might get this, some of you might not. But like I actually attracted another situation totally away from property and everything to do uh, with my car insurance, in fact where it's actually going to cost me money. So now I lost money because I was focusing on losing money. So now I bring situations into my life where I lose money. So if you are a person, especially in property investment, where, um, look, I'm not saying it's an easy game. Yeah, but either... definitely not. because, Because here's the thing, let's just address this a little bit. So because people are saying, oh, you know... Like all these people, you got this Instagram lifestyle. You know, I'm not saying they're talking Insta about us. Insta famous. Yeah, I'm not saying they're talking about us. I'm just saying they say it generally about people on Instagram. Oh, it's this fake life and all of this stuff. Um, because people are always posting good stuff. Well, no, like, because people said about the other day, they, they commented yeah, on one of our that. videos about um, your house. Yeah, it was quite funny because Mark replied to the video. Yeah, it doesn't matter about that. Yeah, but, yeah, but sure, I mean, sure, it doesn't matter about that. So what my point is, my point is, what I was, what I was talking about is that just because people are focusing on good stuff and the good life and all the positivity that someone has to say, oh, why are you always doing that? It's not that easy. You need to, you know, why don't you post about, you know, the crap times where things go wrong and all the rest of it. Now, I'm not saying things don't go wrong, but again, the fine line, where's the risk management versus you just focus on what's going to go wrong? Because if things do go wrong, what should I do? Sit down there and focus on it the whole time and be like, oh, right, well, this has gone wrong. Hey, 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 you know, this has gone wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. This has gone wrong. Oh my goodness, it's wrong. Let's bring more of what's wrong in our lives. Let's, let's expand it because what you focus on expands. Look, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it's hard. There's one thing I do know is that being broke, having no money, having no choice, having no time, that is difficult. Yeah, but the reverse of that, having money, having time, having choice, building business, creating wealth, that's probably also difficult as well. So I don't know which one I choose and I choose to focus on what I want, not focus on what I don't want. So if now coming back to my original point is if you're in property investment yourself and you're finding that deals are going south, you're losing deals, planning doesn't go through, what else? You don't raise money in time. You had the money, then you don't have the money. Then you have it, then you don't. Then you got JV partner. Everyone's all guns blazing. Then they're not. Then they pull out. Then they want a different deal. Then they renegotiate with you. Then the vendor does something different. Then someone gazumps you. Yeah, these are all the things. And look, there is risk management required. There is due diligence required. But when you are purely focusing on all these things, you will attract them into your life. How do we know this? Look, we know this because 
when we weren't thinking about it, we were just going, we were taking action, we knew the outcome, we knew what to do, and we were making mistakes. We were making big mistakes. I mean, subscribe to the YouTube channel and you'll see many videos, and there was a bit, one video in particular, how to fail and still profit. Yeah, because one project, we failed, like, I can't think of any other more things we could have done to fail <laughs> on, right? Go, go watch the video on YouTube and subscribe to that. Um, because, but we still made money. We still made money. Why? Because even though all these things and these mistakes were happening, we were always focused on we'll find a way, we'll create a way, everything's going to be all right, everything is good, the money will show up, the buyer will turn up at the right time, the value will be what it needs to be. Yeah, we'll, get, we'll get the deal accepted on 10 deals and we'll find the money yeah. even though we need it tomorrow yeah it's fine. yeah so so look it's easier said than done but if you can focus and our tribe thinks the same i think at one stage we had one of our tribe members who is doing absolutely life-changingly amazing and he's actually one of our certified coaches now and at one point he was like oh so i've exchanged i need to complete in the next two weeks and i'm 1.3 million short <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. we were like, what's going on? But, but he did it. Yeah, but again, what you focus on, are you going to look because here, yes, that's a perfect example. Because risk management, yeah, there's risk. Due diligence is done. Now, what do you focus on? Could have lost his exchange money. But do you focus on making it happen or do you focus on, oh, well, 1.3 million, there's no way that's going to happen in four weeks, plus there's, you know, so many hundred thousands of pounds worth of debt, so I have to find extra money to pay that debt down. I've got all this stuff, you know, who's going to lend me money? The deal's a bit shaky as it is. And focus on all of those things, and it would have been easier. Probably it would have been easier to pull out and just say, oh, well, you know, it was too good to be true to be able to pick this deal up and save it and all the rest of it versus, okay, money's required. What do I need to do? What do I focus on? I focus on finding money. I, fo I focus on the money coming to me. Yeah, and he literally did nothing else but focus on finding the money and networking and talking to people and asking the question, ask for a like literally doing everything that we train in. Every single thing that we train in real life, he was like, boom, 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 boom. And literally, it was like a domino effect. He got one, and then it was like, until he got all the money. And he got it, because he could have focused on the fact that he'd exchanged. He could have then, if he didn't raise the money, be in breach, he would have lost his deposit, which is a 25% of the purchase price, which was a lot. And then he would have been in trouble. But he didn't. He focused on, I will find the money, and I will be able to complete in the two to four weeks, whatever the time frame was. It's very short, very short time frame. Because I remember we had a coaching call with him, and he said, right, so one of my actions is to raise 1.3 million in the next 24 hours or something like that. Like, it was crazy stuff. And we were like, brilliant, you can do it. Because you find or create a way, you do whatever it takes to do it. And we asked him, must this happen? And we really drilled down on why he's doing it in the first you place. You see, this is going less deeper than the just whole do whatever it takes. Because you see that everywhere. Do whatever it takes, make it happen, all the rest of it. But this is actually saying, all right, where is my attention? Am I going to just ignore risk management? No, no, absolutely not. But... We're gonna have the we're gonna have the formulas there, so we're not getting emotional. With the formulas in place, the due diligence is taken place. We just use a step-by-step -step formula, which most people in the tribe will know about because you know they've been on the programs of the training. And from there, now I've got to put my attention where the positivity is, where the benefit's gonna be, where the coming together is gonna to be at. Because that is where you have to be. You have to take one step at a time. 
because we are conditioned. I don't know if it's conditioned because so, some people are just addicted to drama, wouldn't you say? Yeah. You know, do, do, do you know someone who's addicted to drama? Do you know someone very personally? Maybe some of you? What's it funny? <laughs> huh? Mm. You like drama? Do yeah, you? I love yeah. drama. Sometimes you can be addicted to drama and it blows the situation up. Then what happens is because that drama is usually associated around negativity, something going wrong, this not working, that not working, oh, this person, blame, justification, denial, and all of that stuff. Now you're just focusing on all of that. Now you're focusing on all of that. And then you, then you do more justification like, but you, I've got to do my risk management because the due diligence said this. And I've said that to somebody else. You know, I spoke to the HMO officer. I spoke to the, uh, what's the other people? I've already done that. The, the council. council. Yeah, I've agent. already done that. It doesn't matter. The building control. You know, like, and then you're focusing on it not working. And it's powerful. You, you don't understand how powerful you are. Your thoughts are, your actions are, your you, words you are. You have to think of the result that you want and the outcome that you want from the deal. And then just focus on getting exactly that. Because there was a there was a problem that came up with one of ours and I, I was the first time I was kind of like, wow, this is, this is a challenge that I have. I really don't know what to do. Okay. So then what happened was instead of me running for the hills and going, I can't do it. It's not going to work. Cause I had everybody telling me that I would not get this deal. I had everyone. So I had the planning agents. Can you stop doing that? I had the planning agents, I had the building control, I had the, um, the officers at the council saying, no, unless you get um, the right data for this, there's no way we're gonna get, grant it for change of use to a HMO in an Article 4 area. And I was just like, oh my God, flood zones and stuff. There was loads of like things with the environmental agency. Now the environmental agency, they say don't have phone numbers for them. Like they do have a phone number, but not for the people that do the reporting or do the objection. So what happened is I did whatever it took to find a number and get connected to the person who did my report so that I could find out. And I said, look, can you just educate me on what it is that the problem is? Because I have no idea what it is that you've said no to. And, and then they explain it all to me. And as soon as we've got some common ground going and they realize that I'm not a bad landlord and I'm, do, and I'm actually gonna make it into such a beautiful quality finished property. And of course, my tenant's safety comes like above all else in any, any of my properties. My tenant's safety is number one, absolutely. So once they were aware of that and I said, yeah, well, what do I need to do? so that you'll be happy. And they told me what I needed to do and it wasn't a big of a deal. So I was like, right, well, if I do that then, will you remove your objection, which means I can get planning? And he said, yes. So I said, can you send an email to speed the process up? I then had to email him back and I sorted it all out. And my, even my planning agent said, I, I have no idea how you've done this, but listen, if it wasn't for that, you wouldn't have had this. Now, I know people that are going through the exact same sort of process and they're going, yeah, but I've tried this and I've tried that and I'm like, no. Stop focusing on I've tried this and they've said no and I can't speak to this person. I can't. There is always a way. You just have to create one. Just because before they didn't have a situation where somebody was able to speak to someone or work it out this way doesn't mean you can't create one. Of course they have a phone that you can contact them on. You just have to find a way in, right? So that's do whatever it takes. And it's but not 
like slightly unique skill, like you can do it, I can do it, everyone else can do it. That's why we want to disrupt this uh, channel of, or the path that people are on because we focus on what has been done before. Now that's good when it's a good thing, but we also focus on, oh, wow, somebody's not done that, like the four minute mile. So they said, oh, nobody can run four minute mile, you know, your heart will explode, the lungs capacity cannot take it. So everybody is focusing on not being able to do it, that it's not possible, that this is just totally outrageous. So then, what, as you all know, or if you don't, go research it, you'll know that one person did it and since then hundreds, if not probably thousands of people have done it. Why? Because the focus shifted onto, oh, you can run a mile in four minutes? Yeah, so the focus shifted and then that's what became real to all the people. So look, when it comes to these deals, the way, look, you need some hardcore strategies to so write this down. This is what you need to do to shift your state and shift your attention because this is what we do right so what we do is we just like right is it physically possible is it physically possible to attain the result that we're aiming for well if so then obviously it can be done yeah so let's focus on how that can be done let's focus on how we make profit let's focus on people having an exceptional experience living in our properties let's have the vision the thought process back it up with language as well listen uh affirmations declarations whatever you want to call them are so important to get yourself on the right path because as tony robin tony robin says this he says look there's three things that you're choosing to do all the time that's what you're focusing on it's your language and it's your physiology so just shift get out of the state get move your body into somewhere different yeah, different pattern. Say something different. Even as simple as I can do this. This will be done. I'll find a way. I'll take one step at a time. We should have called this real truths. Real truths. Yeah. I love this. That's what it is. So again, guys, you need some hardcore strategies. So what else do we do? So again, what we do is we just go and look for something in the area and just look for things that will make it work. Because I'll tell you, I'll tell you, and I think I'm a big part of it, managing other people who are involved in the projects is a part of it, which yes. is, also, is also me, I take responsibility for my part. And that is not aligning to what is gonna work, how it's gonna work, the beauty of it working, celebrating the result of it working. Because when you take yourself out of the game, Notice if this is you sometimes, or a lot of the time, or all the time. And that is, do you find yourself um, not celebrating when you win? When you get wins, when you receive any amount of money, when you receive any you know, good luck, anything that happens, do you find yourself not celebrating? Do you find yourself just be like, oh my God, I was lucky, now how am I supposed to do that again? Uh, what about a deal that comes up it's like a jackpot deal and you're like oh well I haven't got it accepted yet or a refinance comes back and yeah, it's like and it's, on, on and it's on target oh well it's not in the bank account yet and all the rest of it. because look I understand deals not done till it's in the bank and all of that stuff I get that I get that risk management due diligence all that stuff but what are you focusing on it not happening 
Because then what happens is you're like, well, it's not in the bank yet. So, you know, let, let's not count our chickens, all of these sayings. So then it doesn't pull through or something goes wrong. You're like, see, see, I told you, yeah, I told you don't count your chickens. Oh my goodness. You know this. And, and it's like, come on. Do you find yourself doing that? Do you find yourself having that situation just appear in your life? I definitely used to be like that. Yeah. Or definitely. You, yeah. Or you wake up. You know, something happens, you let it get onto you, then you start stubbing your toe in every door you walk on, you start spilling your breakfast down you, you're late, <gasps> your car's flat, you park too close to the gate, <laughs> and the gate opens on your car, you know, all of this stuff starts coming into your life. And yeah. then you start blaming more, complaining more, and yet you're stuck in this cycle. <laughs> this is what happens to people. This is the difference in property investment it and so business. Does that, and business, this is business, I'm telling you. I will tell you, is this you or is this someone else? Yeah, is this you or is this someone else that you know very, very closely? That you go to a restaurant with them. Listen, you can go to a Michelin star restaurant. They will find, they will find some kind of uh, writ, like piece of metal, a bug or something <laughs> in a Michelin star restaurant. No, because that's just what they bring into their life. That's what they focus on. It's like before you've even ordered the meal. You know, I, I used to go out with a friend of mine. He's like, you know, if this comes cold, oh my God, why is it taking so long? It takes so long. You know what? I bet you it's cold. When it gets here, if it's cold, I'm asking for my money back. You know, I'm asking for this. And this guy thinks it's funny because they're like, oh, I'll give you a free drink or I'll give you this side or we'll bring it. He's like, yeah, I got a good deal. Good deal. You know, you just spent an hour longer in the place because we've had to wait for all this stuff. It cost us more in time than it did the, the reward you got. And, and you spent and wasted all your time complaining instead of having a nice time with your friends. Yeah, and this is what happens all the time. This is what I see all the time of people out there when they start saying, oh, property's not easy, all of this stuff can go wrong. Like, yes, yes, possibility, but also possibility that, you know, okay. I could dig some foundations and strike gold. As a, as a great mentor of ours says, if he's on here at some point, Rob, if you don't risk, no, risk Risk everything. What did he say? <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it. I said it earlier, though. And I was like, that is if you just. Don't risk anything. You risk, risk everything. everything. If you don't risk anything, you risk everything. And that is so true, Rob, because, like, listen, everything is a risk, right, to some level. But in our opinion, property is a calculated risk. Because as long as you're doing your due diligence and you're checking, calculating, doing your numbers, making sure you've got your exits, there's always a solution to any challenge that you face, but you just have to do it properly. Fair enough. If you don't educate yourself, don't have a coach, don't have a mentor, just don't ask questions. Don't, don't run it as a business either. Yeah, I tell you what, people got into property investment as a hobby before. But, but yeah, but this is what I mean. And they go out there sporadically making offers, hoping that one will take, like not even thinking, am I paying too much? Am I paying too, like, like not checking it taking any old builder not sure of their qualifications or whether they're going to be able to do this property properly having a massively big doing delay doing it by themselves yeah doing, doing it by everything by themselves strip the wallpaper yeah. you're fine I'm doing the painting and I'm not saying I'm that's saving good or bad money, but yeah, are I'm you? not saying that's good or bad because yeah, I tell you yeah. what with the industrial age mentality which is what we're coming out of now with the, you know the previous generation I don't think I'm part of that generation but uh, it was like work, do an honest day's work, get an honest day's pay, got to work for the money, 
and all of that. So it, it then became property investment became, yeah, I'm going to get stuck in. I'm going to do the thing myself. I'm going to make it my full-time job. Now that's great. But I think there's a new generation coming through that are like, actually, I want to set up vehicles and systems. So they work instead of me. So you get, you, now you get paid based on the value. Cause it's all about value. So you get paid based yeah. on the value you provide without your labor, without you having to be there all the time. I'm not saying don't be there at all. Be involved. Stay close to the fire. Make sure you know what's going on, but you've got to run it as a business if you want to create this freedom. If you want to live in the industrial age and just work your ass off all the time, fine. Get stuck in. Be driving around all the time, making sure, watching everything. You know, you do the ordering of it and all of that. But if you want to set it up as a business, you need to learn the systems, the processes, the steps that it takes to run it as a business. Well, what do you say to somebody that says, um, because I saw this the other day, um, you can't systemize property. <laughs> Listen, you can systemize anything. You can systemize anything. If you're saying that you cannot systemize property, you do not know what you're doing. That's as simple as that. As simple as that. If you say you can't systemize anything, that, huh? I just, look, what? Just a matter. It doesn't matter. I'm just telling the truth. I'm not directing this at anyone. I'm just saying, like, look, when I, look, I've said many things in my time and I was adamant of it as well. I didn't know what the hell I was talking about, you know? And people have come at me and I've had the slaps of life, what they give you through experience, and that's good. But I'm telling you, systemization is the key to anything. If you're going to have an ultimately beautiful, successful, powerful business. Yeah, I'm talking about like powerful business. Listen, you can have a business where you run off your, your feet. Because first of all, let's face it, you go through phases. First of all, you're invisible. Nobody knows who you are. You've got no line of credit. You've got no nothing. Yeah, so you've got to hustle, do things, get muck in and, and build something up, right? Then what happens is this happens. This happens. You, 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 there is no avoiding this phase of, and it's called chaos. That's what it's called, chaos phase. I've been through that phase so many times. And in a couple of our business, even right now, we are in chaos phase. And it doesn't bother me, but I know the only way out of chaos phase to have a, a powerful, successful business that can scale and that you can add value to more people. So that means if you stay on chaos phase and you're not serving more people, that is selfish because you're not serving the people. You're not serving as many people as you possibly could. And I know there's a lot of you out there have an amazing, amazing service and amazing products, whether it be property or, or elsewhere. Yeah, The only way out of chaos phase is systemization and management. That's the only way out. There is no way out of chaos phase. So it doesn't matter what business you're in. So anybody who says not systemizing business, listen, you can systemize making a packed lunch for your daughter. We have systemized many things in our household. Or we systemize the things in the house. Why? Because I want it to run effectively without me. Without me. I want to make sure every time I go into the fridge, the correct food for the diet and my eating plan that I'm on is there. That's systemization. Systemization is absolutely 100% key if you want to create freedom in your life. Because without, oh yeah, the chaos is fun, that's funny. Yeah? I, I enjoy that too. Yeah, but, but, but you've got to, but staying in chaos phase yeah, for is, too long is exhausting. Is, is a job because 
you can't leave it alone. Well, well you can. You, you choose to leave it alone, it'll just collapse. And I've seen many business people just walk out on their businesses, hand it over to their business partner, or just let it fold. You know, there's a guy that owned a business that I was using his services. I ring him up one time and he's like, oh no, I've got a job now. I don't run this business anymore. And I'm like, man, I was looking at his business and I was telling him, look, you need to put some systems in place. You need to, you know, do this step, this step, this step. And uh, he was like, yeah, yeah, dude. Well, I could tell it was, I could tell in the conversation it was never gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, so then there you go. That's what happens. You stay in chaos phase. You stay in chaos phase. And, and it's like, oh, first of all, people's problem is, oh, I need clients, I need clients, I cannot get clients. Then they have so many clients, they can't fulfill it, so then they start letting people down and then they can't do it, and then they, they employ loads of people with no systems and no management. You know what I'm talking about, yeah. right? Yeah, no systems, no management, you employ so people. So then you you just bought, Yeah, you just bought people on top of garbage. Yeah, so they've how, got I mean, no how direction, no way out, and then they ask you questions. You've created more stress for yourself. So not only you've got clients coming to you now, and because you've not set the integrity there and the and the um, a hierarchy, if you like, where your clients then learn you have staff, so they go to your staff first, and then they come to you or have like a person. Then you've got clients coming to you. You've got the staff coming to you because they've got no direction and no systems to follow. So it's about becoming an effective leader as well. Because listen, in business, you have to be an effective leader because you, you will, whether you like it or not, and say, well, I'm not going to have teams and all of that. You have teams. If you're in property, you have many teams. You have architects, planning agents, councils, HMO officers, building control, um, accountants, brokers, um, financial advisors. You have builders. You have your... Um, your yeah, Everyone. this just comes back. This, this just comes investors. back to what we always say at real life. And anybody who's creating success for themselves, they understand that information alone is never, ever, ever going to cut it. And that's why we'll share whatever information you want. And if I don't know the information, we'll find it from someone else. And I'll go find someone. I'll bring you that information. Yeah, it's a part of the recipe for success. You need it. Like you need to know how to invest in property. You need to know how to do no money down deals. You need to know how to do the rent to rent. You need to know service accommodation. You need to know the systems. You need to know how to raise finance, joint venture, structure companies. Yeah, you need to know all of that. Yeah, I get that. But the key thing is the transformation. That's what's really important. And that comes from experience, the right experiences, where you actually feel safe to make a transition into the unknown because you know, that's it chaos the unknown ambiguity people are afraid of that do you know the only thing that concerns me and that worries me sometimes and then i feel sorry for these people when it comes to like risk and things going wrong the only real risk is when you don't believe in yourself enough so I know a lot of people that have spent thousands and thousands on their invest investing in their education. Information, you mean? Yeah, information. But no, but education on moving themselves forward, right? From, from certain organisations. That's information. And yeah, it's information. But sometimes wrong with they that. have. You can they, buy reports and they, stats and data. But they sometimes have trainers That's and stuff and mentors as well. But in that. The risk and the thing that goes wrong for them is that they believe that just by paying that money they will have results, but they fail to realize they have to action what they learn and they have to go out there and do it for themselves. So they make this payment and think, 
that's it. That yeah. means I'm going to be but successful. Even, even then, because that's what the excuse is. And again, I, I'm sure this relates back to the confusion between risk management and focusing on what goes wrong. Because what happens is you do the risk management by investing in yourself. And then you focus on everything that could go wrong because you're like, you see to yourself. I said it wouldn't work. I'd you lose see, money. I knew it was a scam. I knew it was a pyramid scheme. <laughs> I know these jokers didn't have a clue what they were doing. Uh, you know, and they blame it on them. And look, I'm, I'm not saying there is or there isn't anyone to blame in any of those situations. But what I am saying is, Content is very important, yeah. but the environment and the context in which the transfer of number one, this information happens, but the application and the implementation of it. Because here's the thing, and I don't know if you phrase it this way, but it's a great kind of lead to what I'm about to say, is that, look, this is what people expect. They can just share some information, and by God, there is some excellent information out there. You know, I've been some amazing... Uh, seminars, workshop, conferences, where there's excellent information. I'm just sitting there thinking, this is gold, and 99% of this, the people in here either are going to forget by the time they walk out this door, and they're just going to do nothing. Or they're not listening Be in the first place. Yeah, well, yeah. So what this actually comes down to is the environment of how, okay, do I take this information and implement it and execute it? Because that is very different you know, transferring that experience because experience is the only teacher. We've said it many times and we'll keep saying it because it's the truth. Experience is the only teacher. So you have to teach through experience, not from experience because that is the sharing of information. Oh, from my experience, this. And now I'm not saying that's wrong because we do that as well. I know there's many great people, great trainers, great coaches and all that. They, they teach from, from experience. But the real implementation, the real ability for you to take action is teaching through experience. Now, that is very different from saying, here's all the information. Now, make sure you go take action. You're going to take action. Yes. At a level 10. Yes. And like all of that stuff, like action, action, action. I mean, I get it. It's required. But it's through experience that you learn how to harness the information and harness your energy and your efforts to the place where it needs to be. Yeah. Now, some of you have worked with us more in depth on some other things that we've done and some serious stuff, then you're going to know that everything is an experience. Yeah. And you know what? When you teach like that, when you can get yourself in an environment like that, when you can run your business like that, because what do you do when you have a meeting? You're normally in a business in a corporate world or any businesses that say, right, we must have a meeting now. All you do is sit there and just talk about information. No one's actually applying through experience. You've got to experience it. And then through the experience comes the magic, my friends. The absolute magic. Yeah, experience is so vital. But we just talk of experience and someone shares their experience, which all comes under the category of information. And information, as cheesy as it sounds, isn't transformation. Because isn't it just, isn't it the transformational points in your life which have proved you get the new job, you get the income, you become something, you become someone else. Isn't it true? It's who you become that matters. Isn't it? Yeah. Is it? 
oh my goodness, that must be that she's speechless. I challenge any of you to do that to this lady. 